Grace and mercy are yours through God, from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. Amen. A portion of scripture for our consideration is the gospel lesson, Luke chapter 13. Dearly beloved of our Lord Jesus, it seems that whenever there is some kind of disaster or calamity in this world, whether it's something like mass shootings at a mosque in New Zealand or, or in Las Vegas, hurricanes like Hurricane Katrina a number of years ago or, or a tsunami that hits an area or an earthquake or terrorist attacks like 9-11, there, there are some Christians who stand up, usually they're prominent televangelists like a Pat Robertson, and they want to say that this is God's judgment against some particular sin. Those Haitians, you know, they had made a deal with the devil back in the 1700s. It's God's judgment against America and its rampant materialism homosexuality, immorality, legalized abortion, and it's really hitting those, those bad cities like Las Vegas and New Orleans and New York. Indonesia, mosque in New Zealand, there's Muslims there. They're getting what they have coming to them. And it's really nothing new. Even Christians in the early church, some of them did that whenever a, a disease or or a foreign army hit the Roman Empire, they would say this was God's judgment against the evils of Rome. And you know, I think a lot of people have that kind of thinking. If something bad happens to somebody, well, they must have done something bad to deserve it. And maybe we start to think that way as well, especially when some kind of affliction hits us. We get sick or we get an accident, we start to wonder, what is God punishing me for? What did I do wrong? It's the same mindset that Job's friends had when they tried to comfort Job when he had lost everything. But it's the wrong mindset. Jesus tackles that issue in the gospel for today. Now, there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with the sacrifices. Jesus answered, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who, who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Jesus essentially gave the opposite answer of most people. When you see a disaster or a calamity, our thoughts shouldn't go to, well, they're a bunch of rotten sinners. They're getting what's coming to them. Instead, we should hear a call to change our ways and turn to God. A call to repent the big question isn't, why would God allow this to happen, or, or what's his judgment? Rather, the question should be, are you listening to Christ's call to repent? Jesus is really dealing with two different kinds of incidents here. The one was 
an act of violence. Now, we don't know the details about why those Galileans had incurred such bloodshed from Pilate. Maybe they were rebellious, or, or maybe they were insurrectionists. Whatever it was, Pilate sent his soldiers to pursue them into the temple itself and murder them by the altar. The other incident was what we might call an accident. Why were those 18 people in the wrong place at the wrong time when that, temple, when that tower came crashing down on them? Jesus' point with both of them is that those people who suffered were no worse sinners than, than anybody else. Jesus, make, that's why he makes this clear call then to repent. Unless you repent, you too will all perish. This call to repent, to turn from our sins and turn to the only true God for mercy and forgiveness, this is heard throughout the Bible. From the very first sin in the Garden of Eden until the last book in Revelation. We see examples of it. John the Baptist came, preaching a, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus summarized his own message this way. The, kingdom of God, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Now this call to repent is sounded throughout the Bible and it's directed to all people for one very simple reason. All people are sinners who need to repent. Now I know that sounds obvious, but it's something that we need to hear. Jesus was clear in his call. He said, unless you repent, you too will all perish. The Bible is very inclusive when it describes humanity. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All people fall under God's curse, his judgment, the punishment of hell, which is far worse and lasts much longer than any earthquake, hurricane, or terrorist attack. The question is, though, are we always so quick to see ourselves in the all who have sinned? Do we see our need to repent? Or do we think that, that that's for others? Those Haitians who, who practice voodoo and, and have problems with AIDS, Las Vegas, New Orleans, oh, those are sin cities. New York, big city, big city problems, a lot of immorality there. And those heathen Muslims. But the reality is, we are just as guilty as they are. Just as deserving of condemnation and God's judgment. So when we see those calamities occur, those catastrophes, we got to understand God is trying to get our attention. You know, Jesus said that there would be earthquakes and famines and wars until he returned. That's because there's sin in the world until Jesus returns. And sinners need to repent. We hear this call to us. We see ourselves part of that all who have done what is evil in God's sight. 
that all who need to repent or will perish forever, that all who need to turn from our sins. Are you listening to Christ's call to repent? Do you see your need to repent? Are you confessing your sins? Turning from them? Recognizing your need for God's mercy and forgiveness in Christ, a, a mercy which God wants to give and, and continues to give. You know, the problem with trying to identify God's judgment with a particular sin is that it just it carves out just one segment of the population. It doesn't then end up applying to, to everybody. And again, that's why Jesus is very clear. Unless you all repent, Unless you repent, you will all perish. These events are meant to be his call to all of us. But here's where God's grace steps into the picture. See, the reality is we're not all suffering from those catastrophes and calamities. I mean, when I drove in this morning, Manitowoc isn't underwater. Didn't see an earthquake hit this area anytime soon. I don't think any of us here have been victims of some active shooter incident. See, God gives us time. We call it his time of grace. So here's the question, will we use that time? Then Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. Not then, cut it down. You know, a continually unfruitful fig tree has but one purpose to be cut down and used as firewood. But you got this caretaker, this gardener, who pleads for more time so he can cultivate and, and fertilize that, that it might be fruitful. Now, one obvious application of this parable would be the Jewish religious leaders. Throughout Israel's history, they had rejected God's messengers. We, you heard last week about how they mistreated Jeremiah the prophet. Now they had Jesus in their midst, the, the Son of God, God's chosen Savior. And what did they do? They, they opposed him, rejected him, plotted against him, called for his crucifixion. God was looking for fruit from them. Simply believe that Jesus is the promised Savior. He was patient with them, but that patience wouldn't last forever. God is patient with us. He would have every right to send us into hell the moment we took our first sinful breath. Even the, from the moment our, our first cells divided in our mother's womb. But as we heard in the verse of the day, God doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. 
He wants all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why he sent Jesus to be our Savior, to, to live perfectly under God's law, to die under the curse of our sins in our place on the cross. Because all people are sinners, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And now he's given us this lifetime, this time of grace, this time to repent. And Jesus lives to intercede for us with God because of his saving work. Paul wrote to the Romans, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus is like that gardener, that caretaker. Since he perfectly lived a holy life, since he died under the curse of sin, on the cross in our place, he now lives to intercede with God, to kind of hold back God's wrath and anger against our sinfulness. It's like Jesus is saying, give me more time. Let me work on this person a little longer. And so he might use the calamities we see in the world to kind of shake us up a little bit, make us realize that could be us and worse. Or maybe it's even the problems in your own life. Just think of how often when you might get sick or get into an accident, end up in the hospital, your thoughts often return to God's promises. You're quicker to go to him in prayer. That's him turning you around. He gets your attention through his descriptions in scripture of the judgment that came on God's people because of their rebellion and sin in the Old Testament. Through his law, he exposes our sinfulness. Makes us realize that we do deserve the wages of sin, which is death. But then in the gospel, he reveals to us just how merciful our God really is. Shows us the promises God has made and then kept in Christ. It's like we prayed in the prayer of the day that God's glory is always to have mercy. And so then we pray that he would be gracious to us who have gone astray from our ways and bring us back again with penitent hearts to think of how he has done that for you in your lifetime. He, he has worked in your history so that you were brought into God's family of believers at baptism. Given that gift of faith, producing fruit, connected to Jesus' death and resurrection, clothed in his righteousness. Think of the people God has used in your life to connect you with God's word. Maybe it was your parents who brought you to be baptized, taught you about Jesus, read you Bible stories, made sure you got a Christian education. Perhaps it was a Christian spouse or a friend or a pastor. So that you are here today having your faith strengthened and nourished through the preaching and teaching of God's word, the reception of Lord's Supper, so that you are assured that you are one of his beloved, that he did give his body, shed his blood for your sins. Now there is a warning in all this. God's patience doesn't last forever. So will you use the time? I mean, think of all those people who have been baptized 
and then fallen away. Or look at the confirmation picture sometime. How many of those people, those young people, made that, that promise to be faithful and then years or even weeks later stopped coming to church and hearing the word? Be in the word. Don't put it off. Receive the sacrament frequently. Don't decline that invitation. God is reaching out to you with patience, inviting you, urging you. So are you listening to Christ's call to repent? Do you see your need to repent? Will you use the time? You know, I think this season of Lent is the most appropriate time for us to really ponder this whole thing about repentance. The seriousness of our sins is starkly before us as we see our Savior's suffering and death. But we also see Clearly, God's grace and mercy and Jesus' willingness to suffer on the cross in our behalf. Use the time God has given you. Don't delay. Echo the words of the hymn we just sang. With broken heart and contrite sigh, a trembling sinner, Lord, I cry. Your pardoning grace is rich and free. O oh God, be merciful to me. Amen.